Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, November 4th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... In our special election recap, we examine the Senate race between incumbent Republican Cindy Hyde-Smith and challenger Mike Espy. And Mississippians overwhelmingly chose to move forward on a number of ballot measures while staying solidly red in the elections for federal office. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi's Republican Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith will be returning to Washington to begin serving a full six-year term after beating her Democratic opponent, Mike Espy, for a second time. The incumbent was joined by high-ranking Republicans, including Governor Tate Reeves, last night at the Agriculture and Forestry Museum. Upon her win, Hyde-Smith said she will work to help every Mississippian, no matter how they voted. Anybody that has an issue, we're going to dive in neck deep, but mainly represent the conservative values of Mississippians, the pro-life, the Second Amendment, those things that Mississippians care so much about. Anyone who is a Mississippian, I want to be your senator, and I will prove that every single day. After the Associated Press called the election in favor of Hyde-Smith, Mike Espy can uh, conceded the election at his event at the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum in Jackson. I think we ran a good race. I know I left it all out on the field. We uh, did everything we could do uh, to win this race, but it wasn't enough. What I want to say to you is that we built the infrastructure. We built the bridge. And even though I might not be able to cross it personally, others behind me will cross it. We are joined this morning by Austin Barber, a Republican strategist. And Brandon, and Brandon Jones, Jones, a former, a former Democratic, Democratic member of the, of the State House of Representatives. Representatives. Good morning, Good morning gentlemen. gentlemen. Good morning. Senator Hyde-Smith Hyde ran a very conservative, very conservative campaign. campaign. She declined, she declined an, offer an offer to debate. To debate. She, held she held no town hall no meetings. Hall meetings. She, has she has declined numerous requests for interviews by MPB News. She seemingly avoids public appearances outside of an uh, insulated comfort zone. The essence of her message was pro-life, Second Amendment, and accusing challenger Mike Espy of being in line with socialism, which fall more in the column of buzzwords than substantive policy. So that brings me to this. And Brand, um, Austin, I'm going to start with you. What does this race tell us about the role of policy in Mississippi versus the role of political party? That's a great question. Um, I would say that, you know, where you stand on policy issues ultimately is going to matter whether you're going to 
win or not. It's not just political party. Okay, I know you may laugh at me and go, no, Austin, you're wrong. If you got an R, you got a D, depending upon if it's statewide or a certain district, you're going to win. But I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, look, and you, you kind of set that up to say, to act like Cindy Hyde Smith didn't campaign at all. Well, she did. She just did it in her own way. Look, she ran this, uh, the way you just described it, that sounded like the campaign Joe Biden ran. Just to be candid with you. Um, it's tough when you're an incumbent senator. You have to spend a lot of time actually being a senator in Washington, D.C. And it's tough to get here and, and spend time campaigning as well. Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, I, I think I think that we learned that party still is a huge factor in Mississippi. No question about it. Um, but one thing I would caution uh, listeners to think about is we have two of our largest counties in Mississippi that have not reported any results, Karen. And so we still don't have the first result out of Hines County or Harrison County. I don't think that's going to tip the race. But I think when we're done counting, we'll see that Mike Espy is probably within a 10 point margin, which is much different than the picture we've got right now. So I think, you know, this thing could tighten up a little bit. We could get an indication of a little bit more parity. But, yeah, party still matters in Mississippi. And Mike, and Mike did say did last say. night in his concession speech that he expected the total to narrow. Obviously, he was very disappointed. Uh, Austin, do you want to address the amount of money that Mike Espy had for his campaign compared to money raised by Cindy Hyde-Smith? Yeah, listen, Mike Espy, there's no question, was um, one of the largest benefactors of the of the national at blue Democrat campaign fundraising campaign that was able to raise millions of dollars to benefit candidates like my guest. And listen, I think you know, he did, the mouse. And I think he did a a good job with with that money, which gave himself a chance, uh, more like four or five weeks ago. And look, he raised a whole bunch of money, and most and the vast majority of it came from out of state. But that's okay. You know, you can still you can still use money that comes from out of state to try to promote your message uh, throughout Mississippi. But ultimately, it's just not going to work. It's not going to have worked for him. And I think he's yeah, obviously he's he's headed towards potentially a double digit loss. Quick response to uh, to to the race overall and what Austin said. Well, Karen, I think um, one thing that was interesting about this year, and that'll be interesting for folks who monitor these things closely, will be where the numbers end up at the end. Because this was a, an unusual year where Democrats did have financial parity, even an advantage. That's something we haven't talked about in modern era races. And so I think when it's all said and done, that data is going to be analyzed carefully to see what we learned and, and if, it, if it really mattered. All right, coming up, Mississippi becomes the 35th state to legalize medical marijuana. Our panel's analysis is next. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. No matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone, Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. 
This is Mississippi Edition. I'm Karen Brown. We're joined this morning by Austin Barber. He's a Republican strategist. And Brandon Jones, a former Democratic member of the State House of Representatives. And here is our next topic and our next question. We're going to start with you, Brandon. Mississippi is the 35th state to legalize medical marijuana. In a two-question, arguably confusing measure, Mississippians voted to approve a medical marijuana amendment, and they resoundingly chose by a three-to-one advantage, Initiative 65, over the legislature's alternative. Mississippians for Compassionate Care, the driving force behind the campaign to pass Initiative 65, did so by overwhelming appealing to the physical and emotional relief medicinal marijuana offers patients and families faced with debilitating conditions. Jamie Grantham, Communications Director for Medical Marijuana 2020, says the approved program could bring families back to Mississippi. The patients here who need that will now be able to have that. Fam- I know families whose loved ones have had to move to other states and they want to move home. And they're going to be able to move home now because Mississippi has this program. There was a significant push by some state officials against 65, including Governor Tate Reeves. It's worth noting Reeves served as lieutenant governor for eight years while bills to address this issue died in committee. The argument can certainly be made that 65 is a flawed initiative, but voters made their voices pretty clear on this issue. Brandon, was this a vote of repudiation of the legislature, a reflection, the electorate's attitudes about medicinal marijuana or something else? I think it was a vote in favor of medical marijuana. Clearly, Mississippians feel strongly um, about that. And one thing that was interesting to me, Karen, is throughout the course of this campaign, you never heard anyone making a counterargument against medical marijuana. The only argument that was made by detractors of the issue said that they just had a better plan. And I think what Mississippi voters ultimately decided was they trusted a bird in hand better than the legislature's promise of doing something later. And the, you know, it was a well-financed campaign by the proponents of this. And you look at these numbers, pretty stunning. Nothing else on the ballot is going to be as popular as medical marijuana was. And, and that's that's pretty, pretty interesting. Austin, were you surprised, shocked by this outcome? I was surprised. I, I was surprised. Not that it passed. I was surprised at the level that it ended up passing by. But listen, there was a lot of money. And I mean a lot of money that was behind 65. And that's okay. Uh, and we just talked about a lot of money doesn't always necessarily mean you win. Look at you know what what happened with the Mike Espy race. Um, but it's clearly an issue that a vast majority of voters in Mississippi wanted to pass. Uh, I think most of them would have been much more comfortable if the legislature just would have handled this issue versus putting in a constitution. But the legislature didn't handle it, and therefore it's now in the constitution. It was certainly an emotional issue. You know, when you're talking about families and people who are in debilitating pain, suffering, that's the message that resonates with voters, whereas legislators were, as you said, they were more concerned about having something um, on the con- in the Constitution. So was there another way to address this, Brandon, or, or what do you see moving forward, getting this in place within a year's time, which is required? Yeah, you know, I think there's just a real uh, momentum behind the concept. And so I don't think there'll be any problem with installation. And and this is very popular, and I I think um, you'll see it um, 
you know, be a reality here in the short term. I think the legislature will look back on this as a missed opportunity. They, they had, as you mentioned before, they had several opportunities to do something on this. This is one of those rare moments where they didn't read the political tea leaves very well. I think if they had paid attention to what was going on in the ground, they would have realized this was overwhelmingly popular. And if they didn't act, the people were going to act for them. It's interesting, too, that it seemed an awful lot of politicians brought this down to pot shops, pot shops on every corner in towns. Austin, was there a a fear mongering factor about this issue? I don't think that's a fair way to describe that, Karen. I think there there are concerns. Uh, This was brought out a few days ago by uh, Mayor Mary Hawkins Butler Madison about the way that constitutional amendment was written. It doesn't give municipalities a lot of control over uh, these, wherever you're going to, whatever they're called, where you're going to sell um, medicinal marijuana. It doesn't give them a lot of control. Look, the, the fact is that in California, um, you have the option to out, opt out of selling this, uh, and, and that's not an option in Mississippi. I think that was a legitimate concern. But you know what? It didn't matter to the voters. They wanted this. The legislature didn't act on it. And so, therefore, this is now in the Constitution. Coming up through two uh, through two other ballot measures, Mississippi takes a step out of the shadows of its sordid past. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Right now, mpbonline.org is your resource to stay up to date on the news about COVID-19. The coronavirus is a worldwide pandemic, and MPB is here to let you know how that affects Mississippi. mpbonline.org has an entire section dedicated to the coronavirus with links and updates from the Center for Disease Control and the Mississippi Department of Health. Visit our website right now, mpbonline.org, to find out what you need to know. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. We're joined this morning by Austin Barber, a Republican strategist, and Brandon Jones, a former Democratic member of the State House of Representatives. And we're sort of going down the ballot and the results of yesterday's election. Two measures on the ballot yesterday gave Mississippians an opportunity to step out of the shadows of the 19th century. One was an up or down vote on a new state flag after lawmakers moved to retire the 1894 flag this summer. The other, HCR 47, whether or not to dismantle a multi-tier system to win statewide office. Both measures passed with over 70 percent electorate voting in favor. Brandon, what do these two overwhelming victories say about Mississippi's relationship to its past? Karen, I think it's an important step into modernity. The legislature and the voters of this state um, have adopted a unifying symbol, a flag that is not offensive, a flag that, um, you know, we chose through a collective process that I think will represent all of us. And then you have... uh, this vestige of Jim Crow 1890 Constitution, it came in at the same time as the poll tax and the literacy exam, this sort of special electoral college system we've had in Mississippi. Removing that uh, means that whoever wins the popular vote wins our election, which brings us into conformity with other states. And it's, it's two important measures that kind of uh, are, are a 
definitive response to some of our racism of the past. And I think it's something that all Mississippians can be proud of. And look, Republicans and Democrats both had a hand to play uh, in getting us to where we are. So I think at a time when we are deeply divided as a country, this is a big move for Mississippians and something we can be proud of. Austin, did the conflict over taking down the state flag uh, and, and choosing a new one, was the taking down of the flag the point that was the point where where that um, decision sort of uh, was accepted or not accepted by Mississippians? And this vote last night on the design of the new flag was simply a period on that? Yeah, probably a pretty good way. Maybe an exclamation point instead of a period. Uh, and listen, I think Brandon's last sentence or two was was what matters the most to me. This was people, Mississippians of all races. This was Mississippians of both parties who came together to, to make to uh, make this uh, flag change actually happen. And then again, I'll, I'll end it with an exclamation point from last night with it getting more than 70%. There were some who thought, eh, this may not pass. Others who thought may get 60. It's clearly going to get well over 70 percent. And that's a good thing for Mississippi. Brandon, what do you think this means for other vestiges of the past of the Confederacy that still exist in Mississippi in the way of monuments and memorials? Well, Karen, we're, we're clearly in a season of change. If you had told me that either of these things would have happened at the beginning of this year, I, I would have not believed you. And so there's clearly something moving. People are being reflective in ways that we haven't seen in a long time. And so I I think this should give us confidence that in Mississippi you can do hard things. Um, All three of these ballot measures represent uh, things that people probably didn't expect of us. So I I think this should be encouraging and probably give us hope for other major policy areas. I can tell you that in the area of criminal justice reform and health care, you know, we're going to be talking about that a lot. And I think this gives us some hope that we can make some movement there. Austin, what do you think the economic impact is regarding the flag coming down? We'll see. I mean, listen, um, I believe Google made a, made a big announcement uh, as soon as this was handled by the legislature uh, several months ago. Uh, so we'll see. I, I hope it's uh, tremendous, but only time will tell. All right. Coming up, we go to the big picture and examine what the results of last night's election say about the direction of our state. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. We are a Yucca Drive-In Theater. We're the last operating drive-in in the state of Mississippi. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Freaked me out that you could come and drive your car and park and watch the movie outside. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown, and we're joined this morning for some analysis of yesterday's election by Brandon Jones. He's a former Democratic member of the State House of Representatives and Austin Barber, who is a Republican strategist. Mississippians voted in what could be described yesterday in astounding, as astounding numbers. Once every ballot is counted, the turnout could be an all-time high for the state. And two things have become relatively clear as a result of this election. One, Mississippi remains solidly red when it comes to electing its officials. Two, 
Mississippians overwhelmingly chose to approve progressive ballot measures. One thing that stands out, each of the three measures won by wide margins of victory, then both the presidential race and the Senate race. The state's Republican governor was against the medical marijuana ballot measure and was essentially silent on the other two. Senator Hyde Smith, likewise, was silent on the flag issue. On one hand, the state is leaning more progressive when it comes to actual policy. On the other hand, it's electing leaders that don't reflect that shift. In a snapshot, what does this say about the direction of Mississippi, Austin? Well, I just have to disagree with with sort of the way you set that up. I think what we passed last night is medical marijuana, which is not a left or right issue. It's an issue of health care and, and, and people's personal choice. Uh, candidly, I can say that's more of a libertarian issue. And then we have passed two common sense initiatives. One was getting rid of uh, something from the 1890 Constitution that obviously tried to keep black people from being able to win statewide. And the other was a new flag. Those are not left or right. Those are not progressive versus conservative. Those are common sense. Um, so I, I, I'm not so sure it means anything except Mississippians did what was they thought was the best for them and, and from a common sense standpoint. It is progressive, though, in the sense that it, it's moving forward. Well, why can't you be conservative and move forward? I'm a conservative, and I think that we do things as that are conservative governing principles that are that are moving forward. I don't think progressives should own the title of moving forward just because they think they're progressives. I think we both can move forward with our with our own ideals. I hate to be argumentative so early in the morning, but I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us. But let me just add that when we talk about party, the legislature failed. To do anything about medical marijuana, the legislature is overwhelmingly Republican. And, and and they sure did, but they also moved to change the state flag, so we can't have it both ways. You know, they don't always get everything right. Voters would say they did not get the medical marijuana thing right, but they got the state flag issue right. Okay, we'll leave it at that, but we don't want to be argumentative. Brandon, what's your reaction to this? I'm really enjoying this. If y'all could keep talking about uh, moving forward and who's moving backwards. I, you know, Karen, I think you framed it pretty well. I mean, we've, we, we have um, these issues that you would have not anticipated out of a state like Mississippi. I think that can be safely said. And, and to accomplish all that in 2020 is remarkable. Now, we still have um, a considerable divide between Republicans and Democrats on the ballot, but let's let's wait until these votes are all counted, Karen. I'm not so sure that it's going to be a 10 point divide. So we'll see. But um, it's I think your your two points about what this reveals are, are probably on the money. Let's um, wrap things up. Austin, give us a you have a little bit of time here. Both of you have a little bit of time to give us your overall analysis. Surprises. What was expected? Any other insights into yesterday? Austin, look, we haven't talked about. Yes, ma'am. We have not talked about the state Supreme Court races. Um, I haven't seen final numbers, but late last night, it looked like Kenny Griffiths was going to hold on to his seat. He was the incumbent uh, here in the central part of Mississippi. Not many people thought he was going to win that. So congratulations to him. Uh, Josiah Coleman in North Mississippi had a little easier race. So uh, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, so I don't go in front of the state Supreme Court, but it, it clearly is going to be held. Uh, by more conservative uh, uh, justices, those those were um, those were, from from my point of view, good to see last night. 
Brandon, what's your takeaway? I, I think just going back to these uh, two ballot measures, ballot measure two and ballot measure three, um, th- that's going to stand out most for me. Th- this was a big night for Mississippi. We kind of finished the process on changing our state flag. And then we changed the law that um, was divisive and that was uh, a deterrent for black voter participation in Mississippi. And we did that at a time of pretty significant civil unrest. And so I think for Mississippi to do something positive at a time when we are so divided and we're, we're so angry about these various issues uh, says something about us that I don't know any election has said about us in some time. So I, I think we spend a lot of time heaping criticism on the voters of this state. This is a moment when I think we should, as Mississippians, kind of reflect on doing something the right way. It is always a pleasure to have you two on. It's always civil, and I appreciate that. Uh, That's Austin Barber and Brandon Jones. Thank you so much. Thanks, Karen. Thank you. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter, and fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.